like participating in uh, inter inter house or sorry inter schools any contest or oratory contest. So we have been participating in organizing uh, the Zaira Colors Night, if I recall right. So, so as a deputy prefect from those days, I think uh, we had a lot of projects that we did together with the principal and the uh, and then of course with the other uh, prefect's colleagues. So I would suggest that it's again that also led to give us a lot of leadership skills during that time period. So I, if I can go on a list of all the projects and what we did, but this is something which I, I mind you, this is after so many years. So this is what I recall from my head, which I can just mention. It. Yeah, I'm sure, like you know, we can uh, you know get to know about your experience a lot uh, in the next uh, few minutes. So I, uh, I will repeat the same question. Uh, like you know, can you share your leadership qualities demonstrated during the college time and what you have done, and maybe. You can share some of your experiences, initiatives that you've taken during the college time. Oh, great. First of all, thank you very much. Assalamualaikum. Uh, if, if not for my school, I won't be standing as a leader here. So I have my reason. I like to take this session with my practical experience, what I gain. The reason why I said, if not for my school, you must be heard the calling, the second mobile operator. Okay, so when they launched, they picked 15 people for sales. So out of that 15, 14 people, they had industrial experience. Only one person, they didn't have, he didn't have experience, any kind of experience. That was me. So that really worried me. So international trainers, and I went and asked them why. Then he said, come in at a three months time, I'll tell you the reason. I waited three months, then we launched the first day, they wanted us to go out and sell. So my father, he was a school teacher that time, Zaira, during M. Aziza's period, an English teacher. Later he joined Lake House. His students used to come to see him. So I know one uncle, he used to bring a gadol bari. So I remember that time, because the phones were very expensive, I visited his office and I told him I joined CallLink, I need your support. Then immediately gave his phone to get a connection. I came. So the people who came with the industrial experience, they didn't come with anything. They came empty-handed. I went with only one connection. The trainer was very happy, very impressed. So the message what I'm going to give the people, even you can have you can join without any kind of experience. If you have the courage and knowledge, you can do wonders. So likewise, three months went. So I, I became the salesman during that period. I went and asked my trainer. Then he said, Farid, the right time. You're asking the question. The answer is, remember you told me at the interview, you were the first secretary to the Islamic society, head prefect. You are joining many organizations in the school. We identified as a strength. We knew you know a lot of Muslim businessmen. That's the reason we took you. So see how that helped me. The college training that helped me to join college. That is my starting. That's how I, you know, started, you know, coming up in life. So I became a senior general manager uh, uh, at Dialogue. So thanks to my school. 
So again, I'm going to tell my brothers, if there's any students, please join whatever the society's organizations are there, that will definitely help you when you find a job. Second, so, so, being, so being being the, the founder secretary of Islamic society, you you strongly believe that you know that took you led you to the job at dialogue, and then you started. You know, Def definitely, 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 because that is the answer I got from my trainers, the people who selected me. Actually, they were the foreigners. You know, they they only told me that. Okay. You know, and oh, and yes. other and. Uh, the first Tamil media metric that was not easy during our time because that time the war was happening. They used to call us, you know, Tamil medium boys, Koti. When they see us, they tell Koti, Enava, Koti, Enava, Koti, Enava. So I had a lot of friends. So we never had any chances to join the prefect guild because I was not a bright student okay. during that time. So even if they come to pick, they will pick the first three top students in the class. So I found a different strategy to join the Prefect Guild. So during our time, Mr. Zainuddin was there. He came from Royal College. So I used to go and, you know, stand and I helped. The last period, we used to go to mosque. They send us forcefully to the mosque to pay lower. So the prefects, you know, all, all prefects were there on duty. I was helping them. So he noticed, he identified me. Then I went and told him, so I like to join the guild. He said, okay, no problem, get the approval from your teacher and come, I'll help you. That's how I slowly started joining the Prefect Guild. Then I became the DHP, Prefect, uh, Sub-Prefect, Prefect, then DHP. Then there were three DHPs, and Jaya was the head Prefect. They're all from the cadet team. The cadet was that time very strong. During RSS period, cadet was very strong in the school. And Jaya got the opportunity to join Sri Lanka Army as a second lieutenant. That po uh, position was vacant, the head prefect. So there were two DHP, they, were, they both were the cadet, uh, they were in the cadet team. So the POG is in charge of the cadet team. So no way. So that time I have to, you know, show my abilities, my leadership qualities. So I started, you know, having meetings with the team people and I showed my leadership parties there. Automatically I selected. You, know, so they you, have you, to made, you made history being the first Tamil medium. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so in the end of the day, you, you have to, if you want to achieve something, you have to go for it. Sure, you. definitely. Thanks. Uh, thank you for you know sharing that experience with us. You know, I, I have you know uh, we, we can go on talking on about your experience and you know, but you know with the time restriction, we'll have to uh, you know skip to the next question. So I have the next question uh, with us uh, with me for Rizvi. Uh, as an individual with a passion for innovation, how do you keep yourself up to date on the current technologies and new ways of working? Any examples like you know case studies from your experience you can give us uh, here for the audience? Yes, I think uh, certainly I'm a passion for innovation and that's also comes naturally because I always look for part of the leadership is to look for new ideas, new way of doing things, right? So that's automatically leads to innovation, right? And so there it means that you're trying to, uh, you're not afraid to fail. Right, we are looking for new ways of doing things, and uh, and that also kind of 
differentiating right, um, part of the uh, you are living in a uh, in a world where a lot of micro macro influences are there so you got to be different so those innovation it could be a product innovation it could be a process innovation a technology innovation to name, right? So several of those. So, and I had a lot of exposure to innovation uh, because I was heading the, uh, as a head of the digitalization uh, for Middle East overall for scenes, right? And so the way I looked at it, so in that position as well, I was looking for, I mean, I kind of browse through social medias, I look at YouTube, I attend any seminars, any conferences to read about any technologies. And then I got exposed to technologies like, you know, blockchain, 3D printing, you name it, the artificial intelligence, augmented reality, drone services, right? All these technologies is where kind of it was something, you know, I got an interest and start working. And then it's said, okay, how can we apply these technologies, these innovations? transport 
So the traffic uh, and flow for the metro usage was high. So all this is which is a result of that. So that's again, through the innovation, we're able to differentiate and give practical solutions to the customers which help them to work. So that's another use case, right? So maybe I will, the research yeah. is also behind. It's a project. As you know, I'm into retail and heading the electronics, and we also do furniture business. So we also do furniture. And uh, so we also want to be different because we also have other competitors like Abans and Sika uh, or Dumbrows. So, so we said we also the brick and mortar as well as on the e-commerce platform as well. So we introduced this artificial uh, augmented reality, right? So where I will be able to go to create my subsurface healthcare platform. And there we have introduced this augmented reality so where you can come and experience how your furniture is going to fit into your environment, your bedroom, or your office environment, or your wherever, so you can fit in and see. And the same experience you also have even at the showrooms. So we come to our brick and mortar showroom. So we have a catalog, we have the barcode is there. So you can, you know, scan your phone and you enter, you can see exactly that image. When you go home, you can see how that furniture piece is going on. As I said, there are a lot of use cases that innovation has helped to improve our businesses. So you've got yeah. to be forward thinking, you've got to wear different ways of doing things. But having said that, you also have to simplify. Innovate and simplify, that is key. So look at Apple as an example, right? There's a lot of innovation, but see how easy to use it, right? So like that, any technology and innovation, you also have to make sure you simplify them. So that, that's where you have the usage, and the customers already use that and also to appreciate your technologies. And that innovation, as I say, not only on the product or solutions, it can be also process. How can you, a lot of examples on the process innovation, how we simplify the processes, but I think I crossed the five minutes, so I will leave it now. I'm in later question and answers, I'm happy to go through it, so there are a lot of examples. Sure, sure. I think there's a, there's a, like, you know, we, you, you open the room to uh, like you know many topics to talk about you know artificial intelligence and you know innovation you know digital transformation you know there are a lot to talk about it you know, in, you know which is uh, very relevant to today's world and you know with the COVID situation a lot of businesses are turning into digital transformation in their businesses so I think that's something really interesting you know with your experience exposure that you have been uh, taking from Dubai being the CEO as vice president and then now you are in the CEO of uh, you know some project retail we are also proud, you know, have a side and you know, to uh, run this business uh, towards, uh, you know, uh, to the service sector in, in Sri Lanka. So uh, the next question that I have for Ali is that, you know, you, I, I know you as a, as a leader from the day one, I, I, see, uh, I see you as a leader, you know, uh, you always take the lead and take the initiative. So my question for you today is, the first question is that, uh, why do they say like you know strong leaders are not afraid to make unpopular decisions? Right. So I have seen you. I have uh, like you know uh, in various cases I have identified you that you know you are you are not scared of taking unpopular decisions. Nowadays you know leaders are very uh, keen on taking popular decisions. They are not taking unpopular decisions. Whether it is right or wrong, they always want to take the popular ones to make sure that you know their leadership. Uh, Will uh, remain. So, what is your opinion on uh, you know strong leaders are not afraid to make unpopular decisions? What is your advice or guidance? 
Okay, thanks. Uh, if you are a strong leader, I believe there are certain things it shouldn't be in your dictionary. Words like fear, bias, favor, etc. You may be unpopular today, but you will be popular tomorrow. A great leader, when he's taking decision, he will not think about himself. He will always think about his people. So before he take any kind of decision, he will put himself in other show. So when I take my decisions, I always think if my subordinates are under me, I go into their shoes, I think if I make the decision, will it hurt him? Will it affect the organization? Will it affect the society? Then I think that's one. Second, always you talk to your conscience. If you are a great leader, you will always you will have a clear conscience. Your conscience will guide you. In other way, spiritual type. Okay, we Muslims pray five times. There are people they go to churches, they go to uh, temples. Okay, the reason you go and talk to your God when you're praying, you talk to God. If your conscience are not clear, you can't talk to God. So the leaders always think of other people and take the right decision. It can be unbiased or it can be even unpopular. But definitely it will be popular one day. I can give you a few examples. Okay, Super 16. When we try to launch Super 16, I approach many people. You know, they came out with a different ideas. They told me don't start soccer. You you go for rugby, we will help you. I said, no. Soccer, Zaira is known for king of soccer. So we should not leave that opportunity. We need to, you know, go for it. So they said, okay, you do it, we will not support you. I said, fine. So my I had a very strong uh, PPA team that time. So they all supported and we started. Alhamdulillah today, Super 16 is one of the top tournament in the uh, Football Federation that's in their calendar. And we got a lot of we get a lot of mileage, and that is the only tournament we gave cash prizes. That one good example. The second example, when we started PPA, that time Fausal was not uh, OBA uh, president, he was there in the college as a board member. Fauzul, if Fauzul is there, Fauzul will understand, Fauzul will say yes. So then that time the previous people, they didn't allow us to come into college. So then we met the board of governors and we told them we can't work under OBA, we can't affiliate with then OBA, not the current one, then OBA. Then there's Project uh, Guild. We met Professor Purukan that time, and Mr. Muzamil was there. And I explained to them, if you can't allow me to you know, work as an independent group, I will walk out from the school. I will not have this, you know, the PP. They understood, they realized the young group, they're trying to do something for the college. They gave the approval. Well, I saw this, 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 sorry to interrupt. This, you're, you're, you're referring to this, you know, how many years ago? 
That was in 2003. That was 2003 when we were trying to launch uh, PPA. So the Professor Furukan realized our uh, importance to having a PPA. And also there are people outside the school. They try to hit us. They help me like this. But we as a leaders, prefect, we didn't do anything. But we made them to come behind us. That is our leadership. That we show the leadership. So if you are a leader, you should not get scared for anything. If you are, if you if your strategy is right, if you are trying to do something good for the school or the community, you do it. Don't get scared. You may become unpopular. Like I said, the Super 16 tournament, they thought it will be unpopular, but we made it popular. So as as a leader, it's in your hand, and you need to have a. If you have a strong team, you can do anything. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, all of us uh, who are joining here, who are like you know. Super 16 is Aida Super 16 Soccer Servants was initiated by the Basketball Association. And then uh, what you are trying to say is that, you know, in 2003, uh, it was 18 years ago, it was not popular, but you took the decision of, you know, getting an unpopular decision uh, to initiate that. But after down the line of 12, 15 years, Zaira uh, Sebastian was one of the, uh, you know, soccer tournament. Uh, no, within, within one year we changed, you know, 2004 six, itself we showed. It was a okay. popular tournament, you know. It was in the school feature. Thereafter, three schools, they had the same kind of tournament. Mm -hmm. Amita Lusaina, Isipatana and there's another school, they had the same kind of tournament. Okay. So within, now, now I don't know, now we have to change our strategies. Now I don't know whether Super 16 will fit into the current situation. Yeah, but you are, you are referring is that you know that time it was the need, so you initiated yes, it. Exactly. But, you know, exactly. People didn't understand, but you know. Uh, so, yes. so your your point is that you know sometimes as a leader you have to get unpopular decisions, but if you are doing the right thing, people will follow you, and you have to choose the right path. If you know you are trying to do something good, go for it. Don't think of yourself. Don't think you're going, okay. going to get unpopular, but go for it. Okay. All right, so that's your take home, that's your answer, straightforward answer for that question. So yeah. thank you very much. I have so much, uh, you know, related questions to you and, you know, you can share your experience with us here. Uh, for, uh, you know, Zahiriyas or non-Zahiriyas who are listening today, I am sure that we can take a lot of uh, experience from your exposure that, you know, from the, uh, you know, field that you are coming from. So uh, the second question uh, for uh, Rizvi that I have here is, uh, can you tell us about uh, the skills you have developed? And you have been in the like you know you have been in Middle East for quite some time, and then you are back in Sri Lanka. And uh, from the school time, the skills you have developed over the past few years, and currently in your role as uh, you know previously as VP Siemens Dubai and currently Siemens Software Limited Private Limited. What are the skills you have developed, and you know it made you to change yourself? Right. Uh, so that's an evolving topic. You know, so day by day, you kind of uh, experience, you develop skills, and you try to develop those skills. Uh, as I said, even circumstances let you to sometimes push you to get, you know, get you to developing certain skills. So there are a couple of uh, the leadership skills I will mention it, which I've developed over time, and then I will probably take one specific skill to practical examples how I will apply business activities, right? So, first of all, I mean, as a leader is taking ownership, so that is for me is one of the key 
with your ownership. You don't forget it. Because without ownership, you don't own anything, right? You act as owner, you don't do anything, right? So you've got to be responsible, you've got to be accountable. And I'm sure there are lots of always people say, I mean, something did not work, is why is it always happening to me? Right? I'm sure you've heard about this thousand times. Either it's your personal or it's official things or office work. It always happens to me or it happens to us. Remember that. It's nothing happens to you. It happens because of you. Because you are not taking enough action. Because you are not developing certain skills. Or you are not doing your take ownership to change the certain person. This is what you want to focus on. That's what happens. So, I repeat that again. Nothing happens to you. It is happens because of you. Right? So we should not go and go about the luck and all that stuff. We've got to really focus on saying, okay, now what can I do to make a difference? So that's all about ownership. The other skills also which I developed is more in terms of taking actions. So bias for action is very important because these days I've seen it at sequence, I've seen it in some projects where are people with lots of nice strategies, a lot of roadmaps, and it's all in a conference. After one year, one thought, you ask what happened because it still remains as a strategy. So, strategy is there, but you've got to execute. Execution is key. So, you've got to take actions. Otherwise, you don't work anywhere. There's no purpose. And suppose actions you can, of course, develop multiple small projects, not all the plan that you do, but you've got to execute your plans. Because otherwise, it remains only as a strategy. You don't get anywhere. Right? And the other thing is also, uh, part of the other skills that I spoke to, one of the keys, focus on the results. As we are so occupied, saying, okay, what of activities you have asked with most, I'm working so many different for hours, what matters? You've got to focus on the results, right? That first matters. It's not the activities, the results that matters. So it's very important to focus on the results because that's what the day is not. Right? And also the efforts. Because I give this example, you know, my current efforts about the sales people as well. So today we have to probably increase your efforts with the current situation as well. More than 10 times, 10 years. It's very, very important. So if I had to find targets, 100 million, right? I can buy at least 1 million worth of sales. Right? Anything what I do, of course, will work smart. You've got to, you got to work out the efforts and you've got to increase your efforts. That means you have to work hard and work smart as well. So, there's another thing I would like to go with you today. It's the. Can you hear me? Because I hear a bit of a noise right now. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. 
this Vishnu is coming on. If uh, uh, can everyone please keep your mic mute? You know we are getting a bit of a disturbance noise from background. Yeah. Uh, now it's yeah. Now it's. Yeah, please go ahead. Hmm, leave that, yeah. So, sorry, I'm uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I think your mic is mute on Google Meet on the laptop. Can you just uh, check on that? If you can unmute and talk, I think uh, people who are connected through Gmeet cannot hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? No. Switch off the speaker. Just, just unmute the, just mute the speaker, the sound coming, the output sound, and on the mic on the TV, so that will be fine, so everyone can hear you. The, the mic on the G meet, yeah, the mic on the G meet, the mic, the icon, right. so you have to, yeah. Is it back? All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, no, okay. Yes. All right. So... So we were the other part, you know, yeah, yeah, you can go ahead. The, the fifth why. The fifth why is that, okay, before I go to the fifth why, so the answer was up to now, we are not accountable. Everyone else is accountable, right? Mm -hmm. So they said partner did not do this, partner didn't have a proper SLA, didn't meet up, they didn't have the capacity. But we as the owners, what did we do about it? Then when you answer that question, that tells you we were not responsible and we didn't take enough actions to even cater for such exceptions, right? That was an exception that happened. So we did not define proper SLAs with our service partners. So we did not give certainly such exceptions. Also, we did not get geared to do that, right? So if you have also thought about that and given that right SLAs also, even for those exceptions that we are able to cater, we would have had that problem. So coming back to... Because we went to such details, deep dive, we were um, understand what are the root cause of the issues and we were able to take action and correct the situation. So my only request is based on that. You've got to really understand, challenge the situation, identify the root cause of the issues, 
before even find a solution to fix it. And there you have to have the tough questions you need to ask yourself and the team so they can really focus and fix the problems. All right. So, so it's a it's a long process, and you know you will have to keep on change yourself, and you know get evolved with the situations, and you know you have to keep on taking actions as well for you to become uh, sustainable. So, thank you for that insight. You know, sharing with us. I think you know it's something like you know we cannot take it uh, from a like you know doing a degree or doing a master's degree. We cannot take these you know uh, practical examples and experiences. I think it's uh, this is something like really uh, you know good. You know, listening to experienced people, successful people coming through uh, Zahira Enables, so that we can learn a lot. I personally take a lot of uh, take homes, you know, from these speakers. Uh, you know, I enjoy hosting them, and you know, taking uh, a lot of exposure, a lot of experience uh, throughout these discussions. So, thank you very much for that uh, insight. So, uh, Farile, uh, I have the question. Uh, I, I would like to ask a different question from you, like you know. Uh, in life, you know, something similar to what uh, we also mentioned, like, you know, you have to take action and, you know, you have to, uh, you know, evolve and, you know, you have to ask yourself why we have to do and, you know, we have to do do it, like keep on doing it and, you know, do be sustainable. So in life, we all take risk. We all, we all take, we take risk. Uh, including myself and, you know, everyone over here, we, we take risk. Right. So, so I wanted to ask you, uh, we, we all take risks, but it depends on how we manage them and, you know, what is the biggest risk, uh, you know, that we take and, you know, how we calculate it, how we manage. I want to ask you, what is the bigger risk uh, you have taken in life and how did you do the calculation of risk, success and the failure? You, you always have an option B, option A, option B and an option C. Uh, like, you know, how do you define it? You know, if you can share with your experience, it will be really great. I think your, your, your mic is mute again on the GMIT, so you'll have to uh, unmute the mic on the GMIT. It, it's unmute, uh, you just have to uh, unmute from the bottom, there is uh, mic. No, that's the speaker, I think. Uh, no, 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 not yet. There's a mic uh, button down there in your screen. Mic icon on the GMIT, you will have to unmute that and off the speaker. So then you know you will avoid the, the echo. No, I can't hear you in both now. I can't hear you on the clubhouse as well. Yeah, now I can hear you from clubhouse, but GMIT, your mic is still off. I can see it's uh, muted. Okay. Right. Right now it's fine. You know. So, so oh, listeners, right. uh, apologies for the technical glitch. You know. Sometimes, you know, when we have this virtual, uh, you know, talks, we always have this technical bit. So, go ahead, Fahil. Okay, right. Sorry. If you are not courage enough to take risk in life, you will not accomplish your life. It's said by Muhammad Ali, the great uh, boxer. Okay? So, there are certain risks I have taken in my life. If I, if I uh, take the school days, during my school days, uh, when I was doing uh, AL, the second year, so I used to go to Shakti Institute, put a header, then I come back to school around 7.30 to study, two hours with my friends. One day we were coming, there are about 200 people standing near our gate, pouring rain, 
and during that time uh, the LTD has chased all the Muslims from Jaffna. Hope you guys can remember that. So 200 people came to school. So then they were trying to you know, get into school. Police were there. The principal has not given the permission. So if you are a head prefect in that time, what you will do? Will you listen to the principal or you think of the community? There are old people, children, ladies, all were standing out, not eating for days. So I have to take a decision that time. So then I told the security officer to open the gate and I picked four rooms, four classrooms and I put them in. If I had not done that, they will break the gate and they will enter and they will, they will have stayed wherever they were. Even police were supporting them. So that time I took the right decision, but it was a risk. The following day I went and explained to principal. Sometimes when the situation, based on the situation, you have to take certain risks to protect certain people. Even in the organization, you have to do that. Then again, you become unpopular. But end of the day, you are doing it for the other people, not for you. So later on, you can explain to people. So likewise, if you take the dialogue uh, era, long time ago, it's about 10, 15 years ago, then the SMS solution came, SMS. Now after, you know, WhatsApp coming in, SMS is not popular. Anyway, people are not using SMS now. At so that time, we hired few consultants. They all came and said, this is not going to work out. You know, Sri Lanka, a lot of people are, they are not fluent in English. You know, it's not going to work out. But in SMS was the one of the biggest revenue generator for dialogue for a long time. So that time the management took a bold decision. Even the, the consultant, so we call them that time consultant. You know, we ignored them, the management. So we launched the SMS and thereafter we made minting money. The company made minting money. Sometimes people come and give the wrong decision. So as management, as leaders, you have to think to get the right decision. So that is something you have to, you know, as a leader, calculate and you have to take the risk. And one thing I, I learned... I have a, yeah, so there I want to add uh, another, you know, point here. It's like, you know, we all know that we all say, we, there's a famous saying that leaders are not born, they are made. So yes. you, you mean to say that, you know, uh, sometimes even though the recommendations are something, you know, different, that recommending recommendations are to do something else. But, you know, according to the situation, you should be able to do your own assessment and, you know, do the right thing. Am I right? Can you come again, please? Yeah. Now, they, they say leaders are not born, they are yes. made. So, yes. so, the, so sometimes the recommendations are to do something else. But as a leader, you need to do an assessment and yes. understand what really needs to be done. So that's what you are trying to say here, right? Exactly. So leaders, if you take, who, who is a leader? A leader who can get the work from the other person is called a leader. So you take Zahira Pale Jalabs. I told you, you know, I'll take you this session through my experience. You take Fauzul Amit. Fauzul is a good leader. Fauzul knows how to get work from others. 
he has a solid team i know 20 years ago 15 years ago when fauzul came to school and see the changes now what he has done as a leader so he was not a born leader okay so if you take the pareto uh, theory 80 20 80% of people are made and 20% people are born i would say 80 20 so founder is one of the great leaders like uh, there are many leaders we have in our school itself the college is in the right track now even our principal she's doing a great job so in the end of the day people are made and and there are there are great leaders and end of the day for you to be the great leader you need to have a very good team under you if you have a very good team under you you can do wonders so that was that was dialogue did once dr hans's success is having the right people in the right place he had he picked the right people likewise bowser also did the right thing for the college he picked the right people and put it to the college and college is doing well alhamdulillah there are few changes think, we have to do yeah. i think you you can keep on you know give uh, you know we can keep on talking about leadership and you know there are so many variants now in leadership in today's world and it's a very uh, timely topic that we can discuss i think it's a uh, like you know very good example you gave through your experience i think those are really valuable uh, so i'll move on to the next question uh, for this week uh, the next question for you is that you know uh, like you know uh, what is your advice on leading through change like why why change management is a must have a skill uh, for a leader in the present uh, you know more than the past and also there is another question in the forum from kubeb is asking like entire world is moving towards digital platform and what is your advice for youngsters for their career goals so if you can couple these questions and you know the change management how we need to adapt you know being you know getting involved uh, the, you know in the process what is your advice on that right yeah i try to couple both together and maybe give you some practical example as well maybe i'll take one of the change management case that we agreed if the time permits so first of all i mean as you rightly said now is the i mean the the real crux of the change management look at i mean covid 19 is a good example right so we don't need to go for that far it changed the entire world right it kind of the macro micro environment everything changed the way we work the way we study right the way we manage our supply chain so we even changed the business model right so that's not in sri lanka you even small enterprises the large enterprises the individuals so that's all change right and some are being forceful changes some they adapt to the change so when coming back to so i mean to maybe i'll pick the digitalization topic as well so that also yeah. these change especially with the covid 19 i mean digitalization has been a initiative every company has been driving for some years now but now with this covid 19 also coming in you could see that kind of enforced on the people and the company to embark on digitalization initiatives right in terms of how you as i said your remote working that is part of the digitalization process having your data i mean data about your customers right how to cater for in a such an environment and especially on the supply chain if you have all the data if you have all if you can analyze your data if you can distinct so there are lots of areas on the digitalization i can talk about i mean earlier i think i gave one of the example before i go to this change management example as well 
uh, one of the digitalization is even when it comes to the maintenance topics. I'll take that example also and go towards, again, Dubai Metro example was, so Dubai Metro, that's air conditions, right? And in summer in Dubai, just imagine going in a metro air condition, you are dead, right? So here they had, if there are three, four ACs, and if one air condition goes in the entire metro, your 25% of your cooling capacity is gone. So what we did with the digitalization, with IoT, Internet of Things devices, built there. So you are able to prevent before any AC failures happens, based on we do some predictive analysis about the power fluctuations and stuff from that. And not only on predict, even going into the prescription. They also even to prescribe a solution what the maintenance engineer should do. So that's about the importance of the digitalization to question that what you just answered. So coming back to the, uh, the change management. So when you are driving a change manager as a leader, you got to walk the talk. You got to set an example that you are ready to, your mindset should be there. You should be able to take risk as Falil also mentioned, right? You, it might be even disrupting your profitable business today, but as part of the change management, but you should be able to take that call. And if you take the lead and if you decide, yes, now we have to change the situation as his basis, whatever, then you got to also identify a team who can work with you. So that work, that team has to be a kind of a change management agent in an organization. That's your top talent team. Everyone looking forward to, and they can drive that change, right? People follow them. I mean, they are the next set of leadership. It could be young, young people, right? Who has a lot of innovation, ready to change. So you've got to identify that. And you've got to change management as a project. You've got to take it as a project. So we had a lot of change management initiatives. We take it to projects into multiple districts. So coming back to the team, that also has to have a kind of a, we call it as a two-piece team. So it's like, you know, you've got to have a six to 10 people in a team. You cannot have 20, 30 people, then it become a noise, chaos. You can't do a project like that. You've got to have smaller teams with being different tasks. So two-piece team is that you can feed a team with two pizzas. That's why we get two-piece team, right? So they are, they are given different, different tasks, so they can try and they are independent. They have been empowered to be agile, to make decisions, and they act as an agent. So they are separated as a ring fence for this big bureaucratic organization. I mean, Siemens is such a huge ocean, right? We have 190 countries present and stuff. But when you drive a project, we differentiate this team separately, and we enable them to make decisions. So one such example is that we had uh, we had to consolidate in Siemens. Uh, we had three, three to four IT entities globally. So we had an IT entity in uh, India, we had an entity in Germany, one in uh, Italy, and one in Austria. And these are providing IT solutions to the customers as well as for the internal uh, group. And just imagine, you now we are trying to form one entity by integrating all these four units, different cultures, different portfolio, different uh, overlapping portfolio solutions, all that. So what we did, we created, again, I think if I recall right, eight such two pizza teams. So, so one team followed up on the portfolio aspects, like that, different, different these things. And we were managed to come together. And also these teams, we did it in a way, in a kind of mixed culture as well. So we had different, different ideas. At the end result, with my taking it as a project, we did that entire integration done within six months. And that, that's called Siemens Integrated Solution and Services. That was a successful entity that we created.
Okay. Yeah. So the yeah. change. So, so uh, you you need to keep on upgrade yourself when there is a change happens. Like you exactly said, uh, rightly said, you know, the COVID has changed the business. COVID has changed how we uh, the education, for example. So we need to keep on changing how we adapt our life and you know keep on moving. So change management is something like you know you like you uh, gave the examples like you know that's really something we need to adapt. For the younger generation, definitely they'll have to adapt to this change and you know they'll have to expect more, I think, in the future. Uh, so you know that's uh, really interesting. You know how you, how you have gained your experience throughout your experience, you know, career and how we have changed things and you know how we have initiated how we have been part of initiating things uh, in our life. And you know, I think uh, for sure that you know that experience really worth and you know for for our listeners. So uh, we are we have come to the final uh, few minutes of the session. You know, it's heavy rain outside, really bad weather. So we have, uh, you know, these are these are struggles that you know. Earlier we used to have, you know, uh, physical meetups. You know, we used to have nice time, you know, with people. Now we are like, you know, mainly into virtual events. And, you know, having these technical features coming in. You know, sometimes we need to communicate a lot in order to get a virtual event coming in. You know, uh, so we we have a lot of uh, you know challenges, but we need to keep on moving. So that's what we you know, we need to keep our life moving ahead. So with that. Uh, uh, I will move on to the last question uh, with Falil. What, uh, in, in your experience, tell us that one thing you want to uh, take everyone to follow. You know, if you, that one piece of advice that you want to give to everyone uh, who joined here, and everyone who will listen to this uh, you know, podcast later on, what is that one piece of advice you would like to give uh, today, Falil? There are a few advice I can give. The, the most important thing you have to be honest. Okay, that is something I have to, you know, request from each and every one. And, and, and maintain your character. If the character is lost, everything is lost. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing, people who are working, time management. If you tell, you know, you're coming at 9 o'clock, you have to be there at 9 o'clock. Or even at 8.58, you have to be there. Don't waste other people's time, a golden time. So that is the best advice I can give. Because I know in this forum, you know, I'm, I'm not quoting anyone. I know people are very weak when it's come for the time management. Because we are eating other people's time. That is not good at all. If you're getting late, you call that person and tell, I'm getting late. Simply one call, he will appreciate you. He will understand you. Which we don't do that. So that's a simple advice I can give. If you can practice that, you know, okay. that will take long time. Long way. Long way. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, you know, personally, earlier, like, you know, five, uh, five, six years ago, I, I was never uh, a person who works on time. You know, I have learned throughout this journey, you know, after starting, uh, you know, our own business as an entrepreneur, and then, you know, started working with the change of COVID-19. I have, I have also learned a lot throughout this. You know, I have experienced personally that, you know, how we want to uh, pursue in your career, you know, being on time, being punctual, and respect to others' time. I think that's a great piece of advice. And you know, so moving on to the last question with uh, Rizvi, name one attribute or quality that you've always had in your work and personal life throughout your work life and personal life. Name is maybe a few attributes or attitudes that you always had in your life. 
Yeah, I would say the main thing is we, as a leader, uh, either as a personal or the office, is the authenticity, right? You should be able to speak the truth and don't be afraid to speak the truth and speak up. If something is not right, you better raise your hand. Even I challenge my chairman. I mean, I said if something is not, I feel it. And they encourage it because even that you need to also encourage your subordinate because sometimes you don't like when people challenge you. And you got to create an environment that they challenge you. And if you make mistakes, put your hands up and say that that was a mistake, that decision was not right. And, uh, and to be honest, that does miracles even with your employees. If you say, I had such a situation, I made a mistake here, and I want to correct the situation, so I'm, I'm fully responsible for it. And guess what? Before you finish your sentence, everybody else also puts their hands up and say, yes, they also was responsible and they will look at you and how they can you know, fix the situation. So I think the authenticity, authenticity is very important when you come to the leadership and they're speaking up for the, you know, to stand up for what it is on that. And the third thing is, I would say, is like I said, they're also uh, taking ownership. In whatever you do, if you really act as an owner, whether it's your company, I mean, whatever they work, wherever it is, act as ownership. And even if you're family, because you take the ownership. If something is distinct, if you if the if you're not achieved your numbers or the targets, whatever, you'll not go and spend unnecessarily, right? Same thing in your company as well. So you've got to balance that and take the ownership as well in whatever actions that you take. All right. So thank you very much for that great piece of advice once again to both of you. We have uh, come to the end of the session. Uh, it's seven o'clock, and you know, as you know, we have this for only for sixty minutes, and we start. Uh, we, we respect everyone's time, so we start sharp six o'clock, and we start. Uh, you know, sharp seven o'clock, we end up we uh, conclude the session. So with that, I would like to uh, you know uh, thank both of you, the former deputy general manager of Dalokasiata, and currently the director of uh, Hero Import and Export Private Limited, Mr. Shai Falin, for joining with us today. And uh, the CEO of uh, Software Digital Private Limited this week for you know having your busy evening Wednesday evening, uh, despite your busy schedule, you know having these 60 minutes for us is something really uh, you know we are great, we are grateful to you, and thank you very much for sharing your experience with fellow Zahirians and non-Zahirians who have joined here today. And uh, so with that, uh, we are concluding this today's session. We will once again meet on the next uh, 24th of November. Uh, we will keep you posted on the date if we are changing on the time so that everyone can benefit out of this session and you know, have a, a fruitful uh, evening. So thank you very much uh, to all of our, all of you who are joining here today. And once again, thank you very much, Mohamed Rizvi and Shai Fali. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Stay safe. Bye. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for the invitation. We also enjoyed the session, so really appreciate it. And good luck for everyone. Yeah, thanks. Good luck. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Thank okay. you.